you have to go to work, which lets you input time at a certain ratio. Some people have a more favorable um, ratio than others. But then you get this money back. Mm-hmm. And then you could say like, well, in my leisure time, which is more valuable than my work time, I'll spend that money in order to advance quicker in the game. Welcome to another episode of the Pitcast, my friends. Uh, we are broadcasting from our respective homes, of course. It's uh, it's me, Carter, the MTG Meatball, joined by my dear friend Matt Moss, and we have Ian Blank and David Velasco on the line once again. What's up, gentlemen? Hello. Thank you so much for being here, and of course, our cyber overlord, who I think is currently battling. The uh, the hackers that keep trying to take down the LOTP website. It's probably <laughs> the Beasts of the Bay, who or uh, or some other lesser magic club, like they all are trying to trying to combat some rival club. <laughs> some rival. It's probably like fighter. it's probably like just like Ben and the quote unquote librarians of Lang, which is of course just him. There's an um, old uh, pro wrestler named One Man Gang, <laughs> and that's Ben, the One Man Gang. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks I'll for you thanks anywhere. For... <laughs> <laughs> I'll you on the interwebs. I'll battle you IRL. I'll battle you over cockatrice. Bring it on. Let's go. Oh man, that's uh, that's such a great segue into uh, into uh, our coverage of uh, of the second edition of the Quarantine Cup touched on it last time we've made our way to the end of uh of the uh batch pairings as we'll call them and uh i don't believe the top four has been announced yet but i believe there's at least one member of this group who's quite live for it um (laughs) but uh and i'm sure we'll touch on several aspects but to me the story of the quarantine cup without a doubt is Mr. Edder's sterling 4 and 0 record with a deck <laughs> that, that is contains, amazing, dude. <laughs> that contains let's just say more than our more than our standard 60 cards. <laughs> you 4 0 with that thing, dude? Oh yes. All right, so I'm going to oh, read man. you all the text of a of a of an enchantment, a holy, blue enchantment. Holy shuffle um, advantage. <laughs> holy digital shuffle advantage. <laughs> Because if that, if it were me shuffling that, I would have like a clump of twenty five lands somewhere oh in the God. middle. Oh, okay. So I mean, it it just you next leveled it in so many ways, right? Because like, okay, <laughs> so we are of course talking about um, the enchantment Battle of Wits, three blue blue at the beginning of your upkeep. If you have two hundred or more cards in your library, you win the game. Um, and Edders, of course, completely next-leveled it by playing this deck on Cockatrice, thereby 
um, subverting all of the awful logistical requirements that this deck normally involves, yeah. such mm -hmm. as the shuffling or <laughs> the presenting the 200 cards left in your deck to your opponent when you're announce when you're announcing that you're about to win. <laughs> <laughs> because I would fucking make you do that. I would say, oh, really? Can't yeah. see do, oh, you've got 200? Go ahead and show me. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this deck was my dream. As soon as we started playing middle school, I started brewing lists. I had an Esper list. I had this all-in tutor list. And, like, I just couldn't bring myself to the the dexterity aspect of it. I mean, I, I was thinking, okay, if I get, like, a, a shoebox with, like, a bag on top, I could just, like, shake the box. Just like, like a salad? <laughs> like, you shake the whole thing? Like, yeah, you throw some ranch but, dressing in there? <sighs> You know, nice obviously <laughs> huge aesthetic ding if you try to do something like that. So I don't know, it just takes the pleasure out of it. So as soon as I realized I could subvert all that by right click shuffle, um, it unlocked the whole thing. So I sell it on a five color build, uh, all the fetches, bunch of tutors, and it's just like a five color good stuff deck with battle wits. So I've got a bunch of screenshots too of some of the fun things that happened. Um, Oh no, it was a blast. It was so much fun to play. Uh, so one combo, uh, Navarial's Disc Academy Rector. Pretty sweet. That's uh, great. Control the board, get your uh, gear battle with some play, untap and win. Um, oh, you just get to wrath them, untap and win. Yeah, yep. that's great. So um, how, how many tutors are in this thing? <laughs> yeah, let's start I mean, there. It's fully <laughs> stocked. So I had a list that had about... Uh, you know, 40 tutors in it. And it was two all in, it was two, it was two glass cannon. Um, the final okay. build here ended up, so th the main tutor, like the piece de resistance is wild research, which is a enchantment from apocalypse because two in a red. Um, you can search your library for an enchantment and then put it in your hand and then discard a card at random. Or you can search your library for, uh, uh, I believe sorcery, and put that card in your hand and discard it. So it's basically a repeatable gamble effect. So you just gamble up your whatever you want over and over again. Uh, that was the biggest one. Then there's like intuition. Um, I got some burning wishes, cunning wishes. Uh, I think that's about it. You got rid of the Grim Tutors? Got rid... Uh, no, they're in there. And Are they? Down by sorcery. Row two yeah. on the left. So, yeah, sorry, I couldn't get that bottle through you it. can't really Dead memorize scroll, it. But. <laughs> yeah, so there's Grim Tutors in here, and there's a Grim Tutor in the board, I believe. There is. You can wish for it. Yeah. You can tutor for a tutor. It's pretty good. Tyler, I'll, I'll yep. say my favorite screenshot that you posted. You had an Academy Rector on board, and you had just intuition for three Cabal Therapies. <laughs> And I saw that, and I was like, "Oh my god, Tyler, you're an absolute madman!" That is so me. good. What a monster! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I also had a Birds of Paradise in play, so first made sure to clear the way of the Birds of Paradise, and then Rector for the win. I remember playing against you, and I, I was just surprised by how well um, playing through Cactus was. I thought that was a very um, that's a that's a very uh, clever response to having left all your magic cards in Chicago, and it. Did, I mean, I thought it was preferable to some people's webcam setups. I mean, it was yeah, great. 
Tyler, could you just kind of set up how you came on that system? And, and I mean, it was born of necessity, correct? Correct. So I'm quarantining in California right now. My collection was in Illinois. And then when I had my mom go back to my place to water my plants and take my plants home, I also had to grab my magic cards in case the world descends into looting and yeah, whatever. That's... I wanted to make sure my cards were safe. Makes sense. Got to. So I don't have my cards with me. And the first QC Cup, I just really sheepishly kind of muted the channel. I'm like, oh, I guess I don't get to play magic ever again. <laughs> and then... Um, yeah, it was really sad. So then I was experimenting with cockatrice. So I was like, maybe this can work, like if people are down with this. So what, what you can do is you can do a one-player local game, which is basically just goldfish mode. It's for testing your deck and make sure it works. And then with certain um, of the video conferencing softwares out there, you can only share a portion of your screen. So I use Zoom, and you can just share the top portion of your screen, which only your opponent will see your board but you still see your hand and then you can see your opponent's webcam. So it's a good digital to physical interface for magic cards. Yeah. Explain, uh, you were able to update the arts, right? The, get yeah, the, so the it, old school art or the middle school art. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You have to go through together. and turn off every set from yeah. 2020 to 2001 <laughs> yeah. or whatever and you're golden. Yeah, because when we were playing for the Dom's rotisserie chicken thing, uh, <laughs> you had those, it was just like rancid modern versions of all the right, cards, except for Firestorm yeah. Phoenix, which we punted on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so needless to say, I'm pretty salty because I went 4-0 with middle school and then 0-4 playing Oof. the champs list in old school. So um, <laughs> there's no way I'm in the top eight, but... Yeah, I, I feel like so Carter and I, we also, we both start out 1-3 in old school and then proceeded to 4-0 middle school. Damn, son. So, so we, who, we were all, all, like our collective crew was racking up a lot of uh, middle school wins. Who was soaking up all those losses? Um, <laughs> There's plenty of other chumps out there, man. Are we going to call people out now? <laughs> Ian, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Ian hasn't chimed in yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've lost... A few games. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Respectable losses. I think you lost to Allen, right? Yeah, this time around I lost to Allen, and I Alan's still have one more to go, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to win. His gotcha. deck was so sick this time, though. Like I, I watched his match with Carter. Oh, Allen's. Yeah. yeah, and Allen's yeah, yeah, yeah. just doing so much fun stuff. That's a that's a hell of a deck. Yeah, he was definitely the good guy. I was would he on say. a survival list. <laughs> I'm again? never really good guy. Uh, it's <laughs> sort of. He's sort of on a survival list where it's. It's like survival plus, um, like Masticore and Metalworker and things oh, that get you yeah, ca get cards yeah. back. So you're yeah. you're getting your squee back, and you're get you're using I think <clears throat> Glory. No, that's not Glory. It's a green card. You can pay three and return a creature from your graveyard to your hand. Genesis. So Genesis. Genesis. So he's, he's looping a lot of these uh, creatures yeah. and producing a bunch of big mana with uh, Metalworker, so he can recast Manticores yeah. that he's getting back from the graveyard. Uh, so it's a really, it's a really tight list, and it's 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 pretty good, um, especially when I just I'm playing Pox, and I I just don't draw <laughs> on like discard isn't very effective against him. No, it's not. I cut mine like, at all, board, and like most of my most. deck is discard, and then all my creature removal just wasn't enough. Yeah. So yeah, I saw I saw his testing version of that deck. It was really cool. Yeah, it's a really cool deck, uh, and he also plays Pox, so he knows how to play around himself yeah <laughs> uh, which doesn't help yeah i also played against raja but i beat him he was playing 
Dude. Taking turns. Also, a so sick. supremely sick oh deck. My yeah. God. We had a really fun game. There's how many copies of that time walk effect, that five mana time walk effect? Are there three copies time, of it? Time warp. Three or four, plus or, he, has, so he has time warp. He has like warp. two of the, the ones portal from Portal. One. The Portal Three Kingdoms one. Yeah. And mm. then oh, I think, but then he also has like four time spirals to shuffle them mm-hmm. all back and redraw yep. them. I need to get that in my battle with stack. Yeah. Oh, yeah. At least one to wish for. Oh, that'd be, that'd so, be so good. Time walk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It uh, it was really cool. I've played hundreds of games against modern taking turns. So I'm pretty familiar with that deck. Miserable. It was. Well, yeah. It's not. You've played friend. hundreds of games against that deck. Why? Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> my friend Paul. That was the deck he decided to build after Eldrazi Winter. That's so horrid. That's and like, that. That version is yeah. much more putrid than what than what. Oh, we it's doing. much more putrid. But, and I oh played God. Tron, and it was it was a <laughs> it was a mess. You guys Honestly, have awful taste. I am it's just it's making yourself so miserable. <laughs> well, we covered this. We covered this the last time they were on. They were just like filthy, rotten modern players that we it's were trying to. Were. we're trying to put them on the right path. I mean, I actually I I like modern, but like I don't know, play a fucking. Tarmogoy for something like what are you doing <laughs> i mean i play pox sad. what do you expect <laughs> nobody play Tarmogoyf anymore and it makes me really upset because that card is such a wonderful well you know if we're going to play modern i, I like Tarmogoyf a lot but i mean i also know how to win games with green creatures carter <laughs> yeah unlike yeah i got i can't oh my god ian i'm gonna tell the story of our match in old school which was so insane <laughs> i like get you game one and then game two you're dead on board you've got a card in hand you draw for turn you go winds of change shuffle my one card and draw my your oh, for, at, your graveyard is full of like ancestral lotus tutor like all this insane shit and then you shuffle your deck and the card you peel off the top is fucking wheel of fortune your yep. goddamn one outer <laughs> and then you end up taking me down game three too i'm like this motherfucker just punked me out so bad <laughs> i i had two cards in hand a winds of change and a card and I winds of change and got winds of change and I oh no I had two car I had three cards and, and you went down twice. to two and then I yeah I went twice and then I, and then I winds of changed again when I had one and got the wheel and was like I am the luckiest person alive uh, you did you did me so dirty there always dude. play to your outs baby <laughs> yeah I guess that's why when you play the deck you just like keep random cards in your hand right like I've had that experience because I've been playing a lot of the deck lately. And there's definitely been times where I've been rewarded by just like not playing that land or not playing that mox. And then whoop, the recall comes right off the top. Yeah. So it's probably the same thing with you. It's like, yeah, I don't really need, you know, my six land in play because it just makes my, I mean, I think you'd, pr- you probably have to think about that a lot while, while playing the deck. Right. Yeah. It, it really depends. Cause I mean, sometimes you turn one like Lotus, plus some dark rituals and a land and you're able to underworld dreams and then time twister someone <laughs> and other times it's like i've mulled twice i have two mana 
<laughs> and I'm and a howling mine. <laughs> uh, I guess that... I keep. Here we go. Here we go. Living that combo life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty rough. Yeah. It reminds me of Paradoxical Outcome and Vintage, except not as good and no forcible. <laughs> Way less so. good. <laughs> but just as fun. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely fun, for sure. So I, I think the, the second round ends tomorrow, and we'll probably do top four this weekend. So by the time we have the next gathering here, we should have be able to claim a, proclaim who the winner is. Mm-hmm. Hopefully um, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> sure, boss. <laughs> I mean, if not, you can always just you know rig the die roll and get the the door prize again, right? Yeah, no shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would say that I am rooting for you, but that would just be a lie. <laughs> we might, although I would rather you win than like one of these out of towners who we invited win. That's yeah. Sure. We we did bring a couple of guests in uh, this time. Uh, Case and Nick and Derek and Alan is doing a second one. I guess I th- I thought that was a good idea given that you know all of these spring and summer events that we were going to do like Kumite and Bootlegger Ball are you know punted indefinitely. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they'll still be had at some point. Maybe it's just they're, you know, skipped this year, or, you know, who knows, maybe they move to an online format or events in general. I'm not saying anything about them in particular, but maybe events in the future may have a more online component. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, we've, we've shown it's doable here with quarantine cup or for example, NoobCon did a, a one day online extravaganza. So mm-hmm. the stream of that was so good, by the way, so well put together, yeah. whoever, whoever it was that was managing all of the, yeah, that was it's a, that was it's a lot insane. of logistics. I mean, yeah. but once you figure it out, you figured it out, right? And so then you could duplicate it. Yeah, it's just such a clever idea of there being these like little rooms, you know, like the yeah. like the Wavy rooms is like that's mm-hmm. table one, that's table two. Yeah. I uh, checked in on a couple of Danny's games before I got bored watching him play Twiddle Ball. <laughs> um, on the topic of uh, of webcam tournaments, which will be the you know the main topic of the podcast <laughs> probably <laughs> for, for the rest of the <laughs> year <laughs> um our our own tyler Edders had a deep run deep run in the uh team serious invitational yeah, where team serious oh, are yeah. a um a, just an absolute aces group of magic players based out of cleveland um who are the uh I would say the progenitors of middle school, the people who brought the uh, the tablet to the Holy yep. Land where it was, you know, made into a religion. And um, they also play a bunch of vintage. These invitationals are streamed by Team Sirius. And uh, the invitation was extended. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was a little less selective this time around. So they let old Edders sneak in, much to their chagrin. <laughs> They yep. lowered the bar far enough. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. Yeah. Uh, did did you do the cockatrice thing for their uh, tournament as well? Oh yeah, yeah, excellent. So it was a that's awesome. Tournament. They let you do that. Yeah, it was really cool. I I actually tried to back out earlier on because they made the announcement like, hey, we've got you know rooms for everything. You just jump in the Discord room, and that's where it's going to be. And I I was like, hey man, like. It was uh, Nat that put the whole thing on. I was like, man, like, I'm just going to, like, drop out. Like, I don't want to be, like, that guy that, like, makes everybody download a different piece of software to make the same run. He was like, no, dude, like, let's see if we can make it work. So, 
he talked to a few people and there's actually some other people there in similar situations as myself. And uh, we all just sort of collectively jumped in and we had like an ad hoc like help channel going throughout the day to help people get set up and running with everything. Mm. Um, there's 24 players. Uh, yeah, we had, how many Lords were there? I think Bob was there and myself, Sam, sort of an honorary Lord. And um, did Nathan uh, play? Who am I forgetting? Who? Did Nathan play? Who? who (laughs) who's on first (laughs) that reminds me of the danny who oh yeah (laughs) that was like that was like pretty early into the podcast yeah (laughs) but danny who that was but anyways like as as the day went on it ended up being a pretty beautiful display of how anarchy can work i mean there was people just you know some people were playing with paper some people were playing with cockatrice we were some people like Discord was crashing halfway through. Uh, Brassman was casting it on Twitch, and he was just like, "Hey, does anybody have links? Like, I'd like throw a link to my Zoom and Discord, and he'd like bring that up on the stream." So we were just like turtles all the way down with like screen sharing and different pieces of technology mixing together. Yeah, uh, there was one of my matches that my opponent couldn't download Zoom for some reason, so he just loaded his deck into Cockatrice, and then I made a game on a server, and then we played that way. So it was just really cool to see how, like, a bunch of, like, who knew it, like, 24, like, smart Magic players could organize around and make all this stuff happen in real time. And it was it was a really, really fun, well-run event. Well, as they say, life uh, finds a way. <laughs> life uh, finds a way. That's, a, that's yeah, so, sweet. Um, and it looks like you're playing an outcome deck. Yeah, so this was just uh, Yama Killer's list from last weekend. He won the Vintage Challenge with it. I caught part of a stream. And um, he was just having like a ton of fun. He was like, I don't know. I think this is good. Draw cards? Sure, that sounds great. <laughs> so I just copied his exact 75 because it looked like a blast. So playing Luris and P.O., uh, the Storm Wind Con is Sprite Dragon, which is a new printing from Ikoria. Mm-hmm. It's uh, one red, one blue. It's a one-one flying haste. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, you put a plus-one, plus-one counter on it. Card's real good. So it's just a little it's beater. A yeah, and you just land that and outcome, play a bunch of moxes, swing for 12, and then you're winning. You're not even playing a mentor. That's insane. No mentor. You're playing this dragon uh, instead because it just kills them on that turn. Yeah, it's too that's, slow. Yep. That's wild. I love it. So I'm certainly, I'm not a vintage specialist by any means. I think the format's a blast. I had a really good time. I'm sure Luris is going to get the axe pretty I soon. I think it did already, and didn't it? This, oh, did it? Did it? Probably. I thought they were announced on Monday. Yeah, I think the announcement is on the, what is it, the 18th or something? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I had so much fun. I... Like every single game felt like a game. Like they felt like vintage are supposed to feel. You know, it was misstepping and time walking and power. Like every turn was just like these intricate dances around each other. There was no like total lockout game. So I thought it was great. I don't know. It'd be fun if it stuck around longer than a week or two. But I think other people have strong, differing opinions to that. Mm. So I think this is an interesting one too because I know um, I've seen on Twitter a little bit there are a couple of advocates for really like they really hate companion as part of vintage. Um, and they're able to, to kind of form these opinions because there's been so much of it on, on moto leading up to this now. So like there is this sort of weird new thing that's happening where 
we might see cards get banned in paper before they even have a chance to really exist in a paper deck may never even get played in a, like a paper vintage tournament because that, yeah. that time just might never even come. Yeah. And, yeah. Interesting. And I'm, I'm curious because again, you know, Tyler, obviously you, you played a Lurus deck and I'm sure you played other decks playing Lurus. I know you, you even saw one of the guys playing like Lutri with like a Lurus sideboard transformation thing. Yeah. So, um, obviously you had fun with it. Do you think that that was like, do you think it was too much of that for the format? Do you think that was more than it should have been? Yeah. I, I, I really can't speak to that. Cause I don't play a lot of vintage. I'm just, uh, I'm just sort of like a dumb heel when it comes to vintage. Like I'll show up and like, I'll sit down across from you and you'll think I kind of know what I'm doing, but I really don't. I'm just sort of there for you to beat me. I just have fun playing vintage there's a lot of other people that are like much more highly opinionated and know the format better that could probably answer that better than me. But I had a great time. Uh, all the decks I played, all my opponents were on some type of companion. I think they were all Lurus, except, yeah, the, what was the one you just said? I, I don't even know their names. Vintry, Entry? Oh, Lutri, yeah, yeah. Lutri, yeah. Yeah, that was a Jimmy. He blew my mind. So his main deck was Lutri and then Transformational Sideboard into Lurus. I just think it's cool. I, I think it just totally adds like a new flavor to the format. And it's really interesting because it gives you information about what's in their deck because obviously companions have these criteria on them. So, you know, okay, he's playing Luris. He can't have X card in his deck anymore because it costs more than two. I think it's fun. Interesting. If there was a card in old school that said, there's like a old school companion that said you can't play with ancestral recall, but this is a three mana four four. Would you play it? It's in your hand every game, right? So it's yeah. like an eighth oh, yeah. card in your hand. It can't be balanced away, mind twisted away. No ancestral three mana four four. Would you play it I'll if it's in black? Cards. Is I'll it green? It's colorless. it's colorless. It's in a, oh. you can go in any deck. Every so deck. Carter, if that's the case, we just played in our green decks because, you know, we don't play Ancestral anyway. Well, yeah, we should be rewarded, for sure. I'd rather have the cards, but that's just me. <laughs> and mono black, that would be great. Yeah, I won't lie. Like, since we've been in a proxy tournament space and I was actually able to proxy power, like, more than I had, um, it's been nice to be able to actually cast Ancestral and then regrowth for Ancestral and then recall for regrowth and Ancestral and Time Walking God knows what else. Yeah it's, yeah. it's just filth. Feels pretty good. It's absolute filth. And as much fun as I have, like cheesing people by like berserking Mistress Factories, um, you know, it, <laughs> it, it does feel really good to play blue cards. Yeah. A couple of guys have said, you know, uh, it's really good to play fully powered, fully realized versions fully actualized versions of their decks. I think Roar said that. Yeah. And maybe a couple, one or two other folk, but, um, and it, I just wonder if the genie is now out of the bottle and that's not to try to denigrate proxy play. I mean, I, I have plenty of unglued lands that I use now and then my, <laughs> my unglued tabernacle <laughs> workshops. Yeah. My unglued <laughs> workshops see plenty of use. Max will always give you a grin and be like, you didn't know they play, printed this in unglued, did you? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just wonder if, and when we come back together in person, if we're going to switch to a more permissive policy on that. Now, once you start, why, why put it back? I, I, you can make a case both ways. I just, I don't know where it's going to end up. 
Yeah, I know. That's such a that's uh, such a pervasive idea is like we've made these concessions, you know, businesses. It's like we've had to change our business model to adapt when things change. Will we just, you know, roll the clock back? five months or like, I don't think so. When I mean, we start, right. Exactly. Shit, shit usually doesn't work that way. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. You know? yeah. Agreed. People um, usually just change and move forward, yeah. you know, and get used to it. So, or like, what if somebody, you know, if you had to, if you had a power nine and you're on hard times and you had to let it go to pay bills or whatever, it's like, you should be able to play it, you know, next year, you know, if we get together, I don't know. That's, that's my hot take. I haven't put a whole lot of thought into it, but I mean, well, yeah, there's, there, there's two sides to the, to the hobby, you know, there's like the collecting side, which you as an individual enjoy the pleasure of like owning the cards. And then there's like the gathering side, which is yeah. you enjoy being a part of the community. And I, I was reflecting on this, you know, it's like, we, we've, we've long heard that physical possessions don't mean things right. That, you know, it's, you can't take it with you or whatever, but what I realized over the past few days was even though you can't take it with you, what you own is a manifestation of your values. And because it's a manifestation of your values, it allows you to find communities of other people that potentially share those values. So it's different with different things. Like, you know, you can go from yachts to motorcycles to magic cards to whatever you might want to throw in that category. But Magic cards, like owning magic cards, introduced me to you all and introduced me to Lords of Pit and the broader old school community. Yeah. And we all have like similar values. So even though it's not specifically about the cards, it's it's allowed me to find other people that share similar values and an ethos or a philosophy about my life. And I think that's really important. Yeah, man, that's well stated. Yeah. yeah it's definitely. also, you have to wonder, like, so I just finished my uh, my undergraduate degree. Woo-hoo! And yeah, it's very Congrats, exciting, bro. Nice. Thank you. Congrats. And to finish my one of my majors, my philosophy major, I had to write a big thesis, and my thesis was on uh, defining what is a game, and then doing an analysis on a very particular game. And in that, I was thinking, which game did you choose? I chose the game of Nomic, which is a game of on, a game where the only action in the game is changing the rules of the game. Nice. And discussing whether that is a game. Very meta game. N-O-M-I-C. It's purely meta. It's just a lot of meta. But I was thinking in doing my research for that big paper, do the physical magic cards, are they required to play magic? Because essentially a game is just the rules and the elements of play. But if the rules don't state, you have to use wizards of the coast printed magic cards and huh. our sub community of players has broken away from like uh, wizards of the coast play. Do we really need to have real cards to play the game or can do proxies suffice since the rule the card really is just the rules of what the card does not the paper itself mm. yeah i mean s- simply the answer is no i've i've long you know for if i was beamed away to an alien planet i would one of my tasks one of my hobbies would be to recreate the game of magic because i think it's the greatest game ever created it's just so much fun it's just the best so I'd start writing down what all the cards do and you could re you could play the game and still have the same amount of fun, but you, you, you lose the aesthetic collector's appeal that I was talking about earlier, which is definitely 
it's part of the pleasure of the of, of the hobby and of the craft but yeah and that's what makes it the ultimate game because like for those weird lizard-brained people like myself that have a compulsion to collect <laughs> all of like, arabian nights <laughs> yeah it just like is raw dopamine to that portion of my mm-hmm. brain <laughs> it's great. interesting though because uh, you know like uh, actually i'll ask you boss because i know you pay like such close attention to that that aspect but when you sit across uh you know a screen from somebody else it it for me at least it just kind of all goes away you know like what edition the card might be in the if it's altered if it's if if you're mm-hmm. not actually seeing it if it's just like on somebody else's screen I don't know. There's like barely any aesthetics to it, really. To me, well, there, when I've been when I play online, they feel like game pieces. But yeah, yeah please. Yeah, I mean that's. Yeah, I guess I try to. I, I I'm able to wear both hats. Where yeah. it's like if if you have a sweet altered soul ring, and I'm like, God damn, that looks cool. I want to get you know that inspires me to get something done. You know, mm-hmm. but also. You know, if it's just you know a, a proxied soul ring or what, I'm, soul ring's a bad example. We'll just say it's a it's a mox, right? It's it's just a, a an altered mox or just a proxied mox. It's like at at that moment, you know, I can still appreciate. Uh, I, I'm kind of like checked more into the the gamesmanship side, right? So um, not everything is a pure aesthetic judgment all the time. Like every now and then something will jump out at me and I'll grab latch onto that and it'll mm-hmm. inspire me or spark a conversation or whatever. Um, yeah. but you know, the, the base, the base state is just competitive gamesmanship. And that's, that, that's the thing for me that's lost with playing with cockatrice, you know, like I've, I've been playing it for two months now or whatever. And while it's awesome and like, it's a lot of fun and I get my fix and like it scratches the itch. I do not get the aesthetic physical tactile pleasure of shuffling my deck, holding my cards, Mm -hmm. organizing my lands, how I like to organize my lands, like simply the physical basic action of tapping a forest to play a land or elf is extremely pleasurable and releases that dopamine in a way that double clicking on my forest and dragging a land or elf from my hand onto the battlefield isn't. So does cockatrice work? Like, sure, but I would much rather be playing at a bar with you guys with an actual sack of cardboard. Well, that's the ritual, right? You're you're missing out on that ritualistic element of it. Right. My map room Sundays are like one of the things I miss the most because those are some of like the best times I've oh, had yeah. with the group. Like just hanging yep. out with the guys at map room, like on an early Sunday afternoon and just, you know, <clears throat> testing middle school, yeah. testing old school. Maybe I think one week Ray managed to convince the bartender to bring us a round of Malort that, you know, <laughs> you know things like that. Yeah, Ray. Ray's yeah, been incognito for a while. Well, it's tax season, so he's he's gone. That's true. Uh-huh. Yeah, he does disappear this time of year. And that's the fucking tragedy. So can we please just pour one out for Crown? R.I.P. Yeah. Crown. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Crown yeah. Liquors. Yeah. It's so sad. Crown. Our other favorite haunt. So many good memories. Cultural oh institution. Yeah. That place. Agreed. Always a good place to go. Good cocktails, good table room, good vibes. Yeah. Neo Beat played there, like... God, I'm gonna miss that place. So, so Crown, yeah. Crown was that place where you know I moved here, and I'm like, 
holy shit, this place is like 60 yards from my front door. (laughs) I can and did literally stumble home from there many times. Yeah. Like it was, uh, it's a good spot. I'm sure something will go back in there. It may not be crown. It may be a new crown. It could be something else. Who knows? But I, I don't, I think that space will fill up eventually. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I don't know. Eventually, eventually we'll all be dead. I don't know. (laughs) 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 I I hear you, dude. That, that was a, that one, when crown said they weren't coming back, I'm like, well, here it goes. You know, it's like, and a lot of places are going to be like that crowns, you know, not going to be the last, they are probably the first among our haunts, but yeah, it's true. You know, you just got to get ready for it because it's times are going to be a change. Well, shit, that got morose as fuck. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's important to it's important to remember those things, you know, and acknowledge these things as they happen. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 just important to mourn. I mean, it's it's part yeah. of the process, you know. Exactly. We have to we have to acknowledge the things that were given to us and let go of them freely. But you can't just pretend it didn't matter to you because crown to me was a symbol. You know, it was like. It's it's kind of like demon or map room or it's like it was like one of the lords of the pit like this is our fucking turf man and like this yeah. is our this is our shit and like it's personal now you know yeah words, like For sure. it's fucking personal yeah I hear you. <laughs> yeah yeah I had a lot of good times at that place even before I joined the lords of the pit is crazy it's very sad um but moving on. Uh, Moss, we, you and me, you and me, we had a conversation about this on my stoop when you dropped off a couple heaters at my place, because I'm planning some big things for a little, uh, for a little tournament of, uh, of my own. But, um, this is actually, this prompts an interesting question. Okay. So I'm, I'm referring to, um, an event that deep spawners held, which they called a tier two challenge. And it yeah. really begs, uh, we, we kind of struck on this topic a little bit, but it kind of begs the question, like, what does tier two really mean? It's easy for, I, I like, I could see that um, being something that gets misinterpreted. Does it mean that your deck still has Ancestor Recall Mind Twist, but you're not, like, tapping Jam Day Tomes or playing Anxamishra or Serendids? Yeah. Does it mean that you're playing, like, does it mean you have to play Monocolor or... You, you know what I mean? Like, let, like, let's try to define this. Yeah. So just to <clears throat> kind of set the table, Cam asked me to play in this thing that he was putting together <clears throat> via the deep spawners. Uh, they do weekly battles. And so he said, Hey, we're putting together a tier two, tier three, whatever, you know, don't play the best decks. It's more about just having fun and crazy brews and all this stuff. So I'm like, well, what do you really mean by tier two? Like I get, <laughs> I get like, uh, I like how these guys are like, yeah, we'll just let Moss fucking ramble for a couple minutes and we're going to go take a piss. That's all right. Uh, I, you know, I can feel air, but, uh, so where was I? I even lost my train of thought there. All right. So we're back to the tier two thing. So it's like, well, what does tier two mean? I, I understand it means I'm not going to play the deck. I'm not going to play Atog. I'm not going to play like Wonder Bread. I'm not going to play Grixis Trolls, but like, or, you know, a, an Esper Shops list or, or White Weenie or Black Rack, you know, and I, there's probably a few other quote tier one, you know, the stuff you would expect to see in a prototypical top eight. Mm-hmm. But it's like, well, what about like 
just decks that are good, but you know, not your prototypical top eight decks, like a Eureka deck or a mono brown Urzatron or the deck that I played, which was the 93, 94 All Hallows Eve reanimator deck. Mm -hmm. So like you would say in in a tournament, like in a Lords of the Pit tournament field, you would say, oh yeah, that's clearly tier two, 2.5. You know, it's, it's a pretty weak strategy. It's easy to disrupt, but like in an event where the, the expectations of what is tier two and three are a bit more muddled. Um, it did feel a very overpowered. Um, and that was just by virtue of using a complete set of power nine, you know, demonic tutor regrowth recall. Um, actually, I don't think I had recall, but you know what I mean? It's just like the yeah. average power level was very high and the deck just won by, Oh, and it had bizarre Baghdad, right? So the deck just won by drawing tons of cards and then like the actual mechanisms mechanism I used to win is kind of irrelevant because I'm just seeing so many cards. It could be anything. It could just be a giant fireball. Um, and so some of the brews ended up being a little bit more on the janky stew. And like, there was a control deck that was trying to like do a uh, gauntlet of chaos to give me a sorrows path to then use an icy manipulator to tap it. You know what I mean? Like really weird creative <laughs> stuff or uh, uh, a, uh, you know, I think there was a couple power surge decks or I, there was at least one power surge deck uh, park. You, you remember park of course. Uh, uh, Carter. He came to visit a couple months back, yeah. which seems like a year ago now, God, but he was playing that. Yeah, uh, that was a blast. He had the, he was playing like the green, uh, the, what's that uh, green druid that turns your forests into two threes. Oh, yeah, that's the... Um, it's the Fallen Empires. Oh, Druid. the Fallen Empires guy. Oh, yeah. God, I think I, I own four copies of this card. <laughs> of course you do, Carter. <laughs> well, so I mean, I'm a card-carrying Druid after all. Yeah, so he, he was playing, you know, like a land attack deck, you know. Um, so I, it got me thinking, so it's like amidst... So I would consider my list, you know, a prototypical tier two list, but in that setting, it did feel a little bit overpowered. But yeah. I wouldn't change a single card in it because the reanimator deck doesn't work unless you're able to draw all these cards. So it's kind of a weird catch as catch can type scenario. Like I, I could easily just punt out ancestral recall. That's fine. And, and you know, whatever, but it, it's like, I, I don't know. Anyways, the deck uh, ended up doing three and one, but the, the records didn't really matter because we just took a vote or I should say cam just ruled by fiat that, uh, <laughs> That uh, Park won whatever the prize was. I forget what the top Oh, that's cool. But his deck was sick. He had it all, um, uh, not all of it, but he had a a significant portion of of it uh, altered to to have like an Endor Star Wars Ewok theme. (laughs) So yeah, I think you can see that on Twitter, wherever, Mm -hmm. somewhere out in the internet. It was a fun event. I agree but with it, your definition. It, it got me thinking two. really philosophical. I mean, I was teasing Cam where I'm like, well, I'm going to play the best fucking thing I can, Cam, just so I can ball you, you know? But then, like, <laughs> once I actually got into it and thinking about it a little bit, it's like, well, what is tier two? That doesn't really mean anything. It's not, you know, how do you define these things? I would think a tier two deck is one, even if powered, isn't very consistent. Yeah, I t- totally win. agree. I think it's a deck with power that tries to win in a kind of like inconsistent or non-conventional way. Yeah, like my Underworld Dreams or Boria Turbofog deck, powered oh isn't good. It yeah, still I mean, isn't good. You know, what that about, might not be. What about just Underworld Tricks? You know, just like a, a prototypical Grixis Tricks deck. Yeah, two, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
but that deck would have felt it, it given in that given environment it felt i think that would have been too powerful so i don't know I, I actually have this question then because obviously one thing that we've seen as a challenge in brewing in in just like the general scope of old school is how much are you brewing when you still have like 20 something restricted cards in your deck between power yeah. and like d tutor regrowth yeah, absolutely all that good stuff um so would a tier two deck necessarily have a limit like a like a sort of barrier for for how many restricted cards you could play before it starts to get too powerful yeah well that you're kind of thinking along the lines of brew, brew points a little mm-hmm. bit where you're allocated a certain number of points and you can like ancestral recalls worth x points lotus is worth mm-hmm. y and and so you're able to control the power level and and it's kind of i mean that's something maybe we could think about trying in some small small way because it'd be fun to have that really hard i mean you're you're still able to brew mm-hmm. but you have to allocate and choose how you're going to spend those resources it's kind of a different way to think about it yeah I, I find it very fun to use power to glue some kind of bad card combinations mm-hmm. together as opposed to like leaving out these very iconic cards like ancestral mm-hmm. balance mind twists they just feel they're like so much a part of the game that I don't know. I think it's. I think it's to me more interesting to try to win unconventionally than to try to like play. I don't know some sort of like limited looking deck with, you know, with without the power. I don't know. Old school without the power is just like kind of whack to me. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I'm. I'm just too used to it. I can't give it up. <laughs> I just think everyone should start with. You know, it's like. Just hand them a power nine when they walk into the players. Yeah, ball. like everyone yeah. gets a everyone here's, gets your, a, here's your unglued power nine. Because I'm you gonna get get a against lotus it and too. you get a lotus <laughs> and you get a lotus. I mean, I, I won't lie, like I kind of like tiptoed into into power with the Q Cup. So like the first one, um I was playing my my regular green black preserve deck and all I proxied was a lotus just to see like how that worked out. And of course, game game one, round one, I draw a lotus and I play a turn one earn gen on my opponent. So it was like, okay, yep, that's that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, and this last one, you know, I played, you know, pretty much fully powered with a bunch of the other restricted cards. And I had this whole like weird bait and switch thing with um Titania Song into like uh like a bug like creature list with berserks and stuff. But um but yeah, no, I mean like obviously like, you know, would I prefer to continue playing with Ancestral and Time Walk and you know, all those all those other things? Yeah, of course, because it's just the 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 amount of power you have there like you know <laughs> power is it's it, it's noticeable like it's it's very noticeable yeah but you know do i you know do i feel like you know that takes away from the time when i was playing entirely unpowered where like the most the only restricted cards i really had were like regrowth and chaos orb at you know my first old school tournament like i don't necessarily think that takes away from that experience either because you know everyone has their own form of fun and it is still like when you've lived without it it's still fine like it's still you know interesting games. It's still like fun, and and we talked about this the last time that we were on pit was um, being the underdog is kind of fun sometimes. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, I definitely I definitely see what you mean. You're the baby face; they're the heel. To continue uh, <laughs> Nick's metaphor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know when I when you said a tier two tournament, I was thinking, well, that just means any deck you would consider in normal old school tier one, you cross off. Yeah. I would, I'm being a little bit fast and loose with tournament. I mean, it was paired, it was paired, but it wasn't, I mean, yeah. 
I mean, I don't, I don't know how much of a tournament it was. It was pretty non-standard, shall we say. I think, I, I don't know that it was like actually, if, if the pairings actually corresponded with wins and losses or if Cam was just like, here's another random assortment of pairings, you know. Because right. it didn't matter because whoever, the rounds didn't matter. It was going to be four rounds and then we were going to have a vote at the end of who had the sickest brew, mm-hmm. you know. So, but the turn, yeah the ph- the philosophy is an old school event where you don't see like the same old same old and I think yeah. people have been trying to answer this question for years now like what's what's the best way to do that and in that respect I think the event was a success because it yeah. was all weird shit some of it you know extremely strange <laughs> to the just things you might see at the mid card table you know at a old school yeah event. that's actually interesting like maybe. Maybe the the whole thing is like sort of self-correcting. Like, yes, as you explained, there's kind of like a disparity in power if you just say tier two. But um, it does solve a lot of problems by itself where it's like, well, at least you pretty much know what not to play. Yeah. Um, Maybe you don't need like band lists or, you know, brew points. It's like just say tier two and and like uh, people eventually figure out what you mean. Kind of cool. So that's that's interesting you say that it because um, what I saw happen this happened in middle school right when we started was I feel like middle school's meta was very self correcting, you know I think right out the gate we saw things like goblins is a really stupidly powerful deck, mm. psychotog was very powerful the the blue green madness deck was super powerful, but I almost standstill. never yeah. see those yes yeah, standstill and sort of like will Greg playing that and you know being the wretched <laughs> person that he is. Um, I, I don't Proof. see, I don't see that as frequently anymore. Like I, I've only seen like maybe like well, Lorian playing like some of these decks lately. Like he played goblins in in this last quarantine cup, and he's played blue green with like survival previously. So like, you know, I feel like it's that's a format that is very self correcting too. Where like even like the most powerful decks that we identify, people just naturally are kind of going away from because they want to explore it more and they want to kind of see that change happen. Yeah, absolutely. And Easier to afford, to the, yeah. You add to that that there we're not playing for fucking money or points or planeswalker points, RIP. Yeah, it's oh like, my god. So e- even if there is a best deck, since you're not incentivized to always win, you're incentivized to oh, I don't know, have fun. You find some weird pet card and then you brew a deck around it and it's like it's hilarious and it's great and you have a good time. So we're like back to what a game's supposed to be, which is playing playing just for fun, not playing mm-hmm. for the outcome of it. I do want to touch on something that you just briefly mentioned there, Tyler, which is that Planeswalker points are now disappearing at, I think, the end of this month. Yep. And it was interesting. Um, I, I know I personally, I went um, kind of in a little like stroll down memory lane through my account, mm-hmm. and I found out I had played against two Lords in I think it was 2017 in Columbus, Ohio. Oh, this is Three, great, Mr. Tyler Edders. Oh yeah! <laughs> wow, that's so incredible. I, I I have a vague like dim axon firing in my brain of that memory. I think I was playing some wretched Grixis Delver deck, and I want to say you're on some streamlined like creature combo deck. I was on Charles. That's sure. Shardless, I, okay. I swear to God, you were on like Maverick or like something like in the Death and Taxes family. I can't remember. For oh, sure, oh, it, it, I thought it was modern. If it was Legacy, it was one hundred percent Death and Taxes. Yeah, it was Death and Taxes for sure. So I, I remember because I had just gone off my buy and I was 
I think I, back then I, because I was a fucking grinder sweat hog, um, <laughs> I was, I, I had, I had a plan for points, uh, based by for that tournament. So like yeah. I had been able to go get breakfast and, you know, just go hang out for a little bit. Um, so yeah, um, I remember coming to the table. And I remember, I vaguely remember Tyler. I remember you more from like another tournament we were at, I think at Nerd Rage or something. Um, awesome. I think it was a legacy tournament where you would just like Colgan's commanded me out of the game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh that's great but no, that, i love legacy i i love traveling for magic it's so much fun and like I, those I games like that. so y- you came in off a buy i didn't have a buy that clearly means that i had won my first couple rounds or whatever so yeah. that's awesome but um legacy's great and like tra- traveling for magic's great and fuck that'll come back man <laughs> that'll come back like- man well, yeah, eventually. Eventually, of course, baby. I think the back at that time, what I what I see now in old school is what I saw in Legacy, which was just like it. It felt like a community where the people who played it for the most part were people who were in it for the love of the game because they really yeah. they loved the format and they loved you know the interactions that happened. And I I felt that so like that resonated with me so much. It was like, yeah, I'm I'm here because I really love playing this format and you know, even if my deck wasn't the most ideal for that day, it didn't really matter because I was still having fun. Um, yeah, I would I would travel really far just mm-hmm. for Legacy because it was the only way to play it. It was the only way to get my fix. And it was it was through Legacy that I found Lords of the Pit. It was like the, what was it, the group used to be called? It was like the... It's called Chica- Chicago, uh, Milwaukee. Chicago, Milwaukee, Old School and Vintage. I thought. <laughs> was Somehow I got name. like, I got sucked into that because there was like a legacy thing that you all did or something. And that's how I found this community. So. Oh yeah. 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 It started with legacy night at the, uh, at the MTG card market. Mm-hmm. I would play and Dom would play. Shane would play. Mullen would play. Who? <laughs> <laughs> he, he who shall oh, that's such a good bit. I love that. Holy crap. <laughs> It's really funny because he doesn't listen to this, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, is he like though? Is he like Jaco though, where he says he doesn't listen, but then still listens, and then drops off like a you know four paragraphs of uh, critiques in the in the Discord? Oh, and also, the song you chose at minute two went on for a little too long, but not that I listen or anything. Oh my god! Everybody's a critic, dude. Everybody's a critic. I'm open to criticism, man. It's all good. But yeah, I mean, like, I feel like someone like I, I start digging back into my memory now and I'm thinking about how, how many cool things happened in that tournament. Wait, who was the other Lord you played? So Tyler and who else? Um, some weird dude with a mustache. And, oh, is you know, it he, he, he who <laughs> shall not be named? Yeah, that one. He was named who? Storm, the usual. Um, I think Uh-oh. actually, so I, I remember Tom? more. I, I started to like get this image again of, of, of that person in my head um, <laughs> after we started thinking about it more. And then what I remembered the most was actually um, a very odd story that happened with my opponent right after I played him. So that opponent was on, I believe, like the blue-black reanimator list. Mm. And he crushed me in about all of like six or seven minutes. Mm. And super friendly guy. Um, I think he was from maybe, uh, he might have been local. He may have been from California. I don't remember anymore. Um, but anyway, we're like, well, well, he's like, I'm kind of hungry. I'm like, is there somewhere good to eat? So I'm like, yeah, of course there's, there's North market right across the street. 
So, you know, we walk over together and we, you know, chit chat a little bit and we find uh, the Polish restaurant. And he's like, well, I'm not that hungry. Do you want to split this kielbasa with me? Like, oh, sure, sure. Why not? I'll, I'll I just met you. With you. And I just met you, the convention center. And somehow this ends. It's like, he's like, I might be back in Chicago sometime. Here's my phone number. Maybe we can meet up or something. So in that day, I met two lords, shared a sausage with a complete stranger, and got his phone number. <laughs> I've had worse first dates. And, <laughs> and just, just to round the story out, um, on that day, on that fateful day in Columbus, Ohio, me, Tyler Edders, I lost to David Velasco. Uh, it appears I lost uh, 2-0 or 0-2. Did you just pull up I, uh, the... Uh... Yeah, I just pulled it up. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's something else we'll do, all you planeswalkers out there. Um, there's a script um, on GitHub that lets you download all of your planeswalker history as a CSV. So we'll link down the show notes for you. Um, it takes like Good idea. 30 seconds. Uh, really important to preserve the history. I don't know. It's, it's a lot of fun. You know, like I scrolled through too. I went all the way back to my first, I lost my original um, DCI number and I had to remake a second one. And that was in 2005. So I was at the ripe age of 17. And that was at that past times. And I think it was like a Kamigawa block something. And uh, yeah, I, I, I think, I think like the secret lead underneath this whole planeswalker points thing going away is GDPR which is the new data privacy acts. So like the fact that you could look up your opponent's literal names mm-hmm. is no longer kosher in the 21st century. So Correct. that's, I think why this has to go away. Mm. Even if you look at them now, like a lot of the names have already disappeared from there. When I remember a long time ago, um, there was actually um, a website that would let you copy your whole Planeswalker history and then see your match record overall over like several years against all of your opponents. But it only worked because literally every single name that was registered for a DCI number would still appear in full there so they could pair them up very right. easily. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's so funny because like the assumption is that it would be like kind of sinister, but then everyone just looks back on these things with just like sweet nostalgia you know like there's yeah, no like, there's no yeah, malice like, dude, whatsoever. I, I played you five years ago before i was friends with you that's so cool like right. you beat me like what the fuck that's <laughs> what we're using the data for really yeah. yeah it's it's not to fucking fish you and like convince your wife that you're having an affair and then you know subvert your bank account <laughs> fuck but no i mean like what a for sure like traveling to places like columbus i loved going to columbus um i remember going to an eternal weekend there one year that was probably one of the best you know like most fun tournaments i've been to in a long time um and then you know going i think i went to my first ever star city invitational there um because i just somehow barely made the cut went on points and i was playing this like garbage teamer planeswalker deck in standard and just it was but a lot of good memories in the columbus convention center Yep, me too. I at every single event for like four or five years there, you know, everything, you know, Wisconsin, St. Louis, Columbus, Pittsburgh, like it felt like every every month I was going out somewhere different. And it's so funny because I, I can't I can like sort of picture all the convention centers, but then as soon as I go to one, it's like, oh yeah, this place, yeah. 
that bathrooms around the corner and the shitty hot dogs are right down there. I was especially upset when the Culver's at the mall next to the Milwaukee Convention Center closed because there were <laughs> very few options after that. Damn. I know that's a reason to go to Wisconsin by itself. It <laughs> is. Uh-huh. I mean, you really have to the border. I mean, yeah. for me now, there's actually one right down the street from me, like literally like two miles uh, east of me. There is a Culver's next to a Piggly Wiggly. If that oh, hell yeah. If that clues you into how close I am to Wisconsin, is that there is a yeah, that, that that's like so <laughs> Wisconsin. <laughs> I was just gonna say you fucking outed yourself. Yeah, <laughs> really. She <laughs> said close to the cheddar curtain, my friend. Yeah, You're as, as north as you can still be and be in Illinois. Yeah, <laughs> Well, we we had one more topic, which was middle school singleton, but let's punt on that because that's. I mean, we can just punt that to the next time and. Uh, yeah, maybe we can get some I, data by then. Yeah, it's still kind of coming together, so I don't want to get ahead of my skis on that anyway. So mm-hmm. more sick. to be revealed. We'll we'll we'll, ha- we'll have that as a teaser for the next one. We don't usually do Ooh. a teaser. <laughs> just a just a little tease. Ooh, leave the episode off with a cliffhanger. Yeah, huh? yeah. All right, boys. I think that's a, I think that's enough for one evening. Agreed. It was a damn pleasure. Thank you all for joining us. We will get you back on again shortly, of course. This Thank great. you for having us. It was nice to see you guys again. I know, oh, yeah. Moss, we were talking, we've somehow managed to miss each other in pairings the past two tournaments. I know. Yeah, 16 pairings, and we've. That's fortunate for Mr. Moss. <laughs> <laughs> avoiding the Wizards. No. Yeah, my track record against Mono Green is not good, my dude. <laughs> Especially when it has Gaia's Avengers in the fucking main. And I'm trying to play a fucking I'm trying to play a two-drop forest with my Felwar stone and turning his dude into a seven-seven. Bro, you almost had a sterling record this time. Uh, but not nope. not entirely. Nope. Not entirely. Dream crusher. Yeah. Dr. Velasco. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this was Carter's fault this time. I wasn't playing Mono Green in OS. This was Carter's uh, fault. Yeah, this time was my arch nemesis. I didn't get many wins in old school, but let's just say <laughs> Damn it, you got two. Some some count more than others, my friend. <laughs> Not all wins are created equal. <laughs> and with that, I wish you all a good night. Peace. <laughs> See you next Girl, time. Uh, <laughs>